0: You need Indeed.
1: Try have to redeem themselves with this blunder. <laughs> Out to 15 seconds.
2: Quickly. And Down with 23 points. So the Maver- uh, Requiem Gaming all the way from uh, the land of enchantment. Hello from the land of Breaking Bad. Don't break bad today. This bad game broke your re- resident optimist. Sorry, Alex. Poor roster construction, poor coaching adjustments. Get rid of everyone but Aller and Perrin. Yeah, the two guys I just said. hashtag Blow it up. I, I want to, to be clear, I want to keep Aller and Perrin. I think Aller and Perrin are assets to any organization. And there's probably other some good people, uh, some other good people in there. I think their analytics department is probably really, really smart because you could tell the directions that they're trying to go analytics wise. Um, it just. But that but that's another reason why like when you look at it, like what is Leon good at? If you're if you're if the response was always like oh, he's good at like finding the right people and then getting all the voices in the room and then like listening to all those voices and then like making the right decision. That has led to a bunch of moves and a bunch of non moves. That sure seemed to me like a, like an organization operating from a position of, um, fear from a position of weakness, from a position of trepidation, you can't operate an NBA team that way. And when, when Leon is like, well, unless we get consensus on everything, I'm just going to go with the safe move or I'm not going to do anything or like whatever, you know, however he's got about it. Like that's like what, what company works that way? What company is in an industry that homeostasis is fine. Like, even if you are fucking Coca-Cola or McDonald's and you're so far out ahead of everybody else, people are coming from you and by the way the Knicks were not so far ahead of everybody else they were one of the organizations in the league when Leon took over that needed to be a little aggressive and I'm not talking about making stupid win now trades I'm talking about like taking some smart chances and they have not done that at all um but scared money don't make money and that's why we are where we are unfortunately uh, thanks for that. Appreciate it, Alex. Good to hear from you, Anthony Sixto. This team is one that tried to split the difference between the front office ideas and Tibbs' ideas. Uh, modern game, more rigid and more rigid, dated ideas. Win now versus develop the future. The identity is being stuck between worlds. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I, but but again, I cannot sit here and. And, and, and fully co-sign that statement because the front office's first, first idea was to hire this head coach. That was their first move. They went all in on this coach. They empowered this coach. They allowed this coach to be vocal in the decision-making processes of this team every step of the way. That was their decision. That's the biggest move that they've made thus far. And they did so knowing full well he had a track record where he was only going to play players unless he was convinced that those players gave him the absolute best chance of winning games. And he was a coach that came with a scheme. He was a coach that came with a system at both ends. You knew what, it, you, knew what you were getting. He was out of every coach in the NBA, I would argue. There is none more so than Tom Thibodeau where it's like you know exactly what you're going to get. And they hired him. And James Dolan went to them at the All Star break last season and he said, Hey guys, if you want to let go of the coach, you got my blessing. And what did they do? They kept him. And why did they keep him? They kept him. And I said this since the fucking summertime they kept him because they believed he was their best ticket to winning the most games. That's what they care about. So I cannot sit here. And be like, oh, the front office had all these grand designs about playing young players and investing in the youth and all of this other bullshit. No, they didn't. They want to win. They want to win. That's the plan. That's why the coach is here. And now it's come back and it blew up in their face, which is why they deserve whatever's coming to them. It's just It's just nonsense. Um, yeah, ML Nair with one more. Um, this team seems to have stopped listening. And when the coach makes no adjustments, uh, the players look lifeless and unfocused. Yeah. They're, they're probably in they're They're in mid quit probably right now. I I'm so fascinated to see how they come out tomorrow against the Cavs. I am fascinated to see. I don't know. We'll see. Might, might be the difference between his job and not. Uh, Pluckster. What's going on? Pluckster. How you doing? You're Dolan. Are you really going to give Leon another off season? This is a great question. I keep saying whoever I keep I say keep whoever does the draft picks, um, and move on before a panic trade for Cat.
3: Uh, you said it, not me. I, I think they're
2: going to get another off season, and if you think. <laughs> If you, th- if you think that this front office is going to get another offseason, and with that chance that they've been given, is going to now, after three and a half years, because he took over in February of March officially, so three, three and a third years, if you think now they're going to find religion, will all of their asses on the line? Holy shit. (laughs) Do I have another fucking thing coming for you? So, yeah, you better hope they all get fired because you could start putting a fucking Nick uniform on whether it's Carl Anthony Towns or I don't know if the Lakers are going to, you know, Lakers are playing well now. So probably not Anthony Davis, but like whoever it is.
3: Yeah. I.
2: As bad things are right now. They get a lot worse. A lot worse. You haven't seen nothing yet. Uh, thanks, Pluxer. Um, Greg, film stuff. Uh, hey, Greg, how are you? This team is almost beyond analyzing, close to checking out on the year. I bet you. Yeah, I bet you. There's a lot of Nick fans like that right now. Um, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. And Derek Harper had to watch this. <laughs> uh, shout out, Harper. Um, best best uh, point guard of my lifetime besides Jalen Brunson. Um. Yeah, it's a team without any identity. They have no character. They have no. They have no nothing. I mean, this is one of those games where it feels appropriate to be like. How many wins would they have without Jalen Brunson? Would they be four and four and 18? Does that add up? No, four and 19 actually would
3: be at this point, right? Maybe.
2: Five and 18 at best. It's not good. It's not good. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Uh, Requiem Gaming. We want more. The only silver lining is the Super Chat money flowing in for KFS. I Man, thank you. Thank you, everybody watching. Thank you, everybody contributing. Um, I'm honored that people want to hear what I have to say after games like this because I you know, I've been doing this now for how many f- years and I feel like we are... You know, I started doing these <laughs> in the... It was before the 17-win season. It was the year before. It was the at the All-Star break the year before. So what was that? 2017-18? Um, right? Because 18-19 was the 17-win. Was the so yeah, 2017-18. So like, you know... And like... I I started doing these after the All Star break, and the team was just in the middle of nowhere. Like Porzingis was hurt. Um, they were, you know, they were they were kind of tanking, but they were never going to be able to move up like that high. And they ended up getting Kevin Knox, <laughs> and like I was hopeful. I was really hopeful at the time that like the peep, the powers that be would figure things out somehow, some way. And, like, I'm sitting here now, and it's whatever it is, four and a half years later. And it's, like, you would hope that the powers that be are going to figure things out. But, like, what evidence do we have that... The, I mean, the only difference is that we were sitting here with a lot of picks. We're sitting here with some, like, good young talent. Got some good people in the organization, probably. But, I don't know. Days like this make you wonder, like, like what... You know, we... we <laughs> we dedicate so much mental energy to this team. And do we have any faith that's going to pay off with people that know what the fuck they're doing? I, I don't know. I really don't, but thank you. Um, double Oh seven Angelo. It's about the name on the front of the uniform, not the name on the back. Everybody's expendable except Jalen Brunson and the kids tankathon is alive and well, I mean, nobody's untradeable. I think, I think Brunson's a keeper. I think Grimes is a keeper. Um, I think Obi's a keeper because I just don't think you're getting any value for him. And like, you still haven't seen what this player could do. And if you fire the coach, maybe you could finally see what he could do. But again, how much are you really going to see what he could do? Unless you trade Randall. Um, and I would keep quickly. I, I'm unless quickly is like so far out on the organization. Is he just out on the coach? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not reporting that, but like wouldn't shock me if quickly was out on the coach. Wouldn't shock me if Obi was out on the coach. Like, are those guys going to, can you, can, can, are those guys redeemable? Like, in terms of their role here as Knicks? I don't know. We'll see.
3: And you know what? Let me give it, let's,
2: maybe I would like to see what RJ Barrett can do if he's able to put all of this, all of like last summer's stuff behind him. There's a good player in there still. Uh, and he was good today. Uh thanks, double oh seven Angelo. Appreciate it. you with one more. The fact that we're approaching the best draft class since O three and we are still trying to win. This isn't a serious front office. We're going to get Levine. I know it. There's a there's another one. There's another one.
3: Again, do not sit here and think it cannot get worse. It can. I hope it doesn't.
2: I hope it doesn't. But we'll see. Thanks, Hush. Um, exhibition continues. Thank you for the contribution. Um, I don't see a comment for you, but uh, hopefully Justin can get that up there. Eric Fernandez. I honestly don't know who to blame for this one. I, you're not blaming any one player or two players. Uh, Brunson was fine. Randall was okay. RJ was all right. Quickly, too. Who else to blame but Tibbs? No pride in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, this, it, you can't have a third quarter like that. and say, like, it, it falls on the coach. It has to fall on the coach. It has to fall on the coach.
3: You got to Like if you're a coach and you cannot
2: get your guys to play with pride. Even if you've been put in an unfair spot, and I think Tibbs has been put in an unfair spot to a certain extent this year. That's on you, man. That's, that's on you. You gotta, you gotta guys got to play hard. If coach can't motivate guys to play hard. Then what are we doing here? Uh, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Exhibition continues. Here's his comment. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a team outscored by two different players in a quarter. Holy shit. Yeah, that's true, man. Wow. Truly astonishing. I love you guys. Fire Tibbs. I didn't realize that. Did they actually get... So I know Luca and Timmy, yeah, they both had... What did they both have? At least... Like or close to 20 points, right in the third quarter, and the Knicks scored 13 points in the third quarter. Oh wow! I'm gonna I'm throwing that in the newsletter. Thanks. Exhibition continues. Appreciate that. Um, Black Spock Wharf. If Tibbs goes, who will replace him? I mean, I have to think Johnny Bryant. I have to think Johnny Bryant. I'd be shocked if it's not t- Johnny Bryant. Um, I don't think they're bringing someone from outside the organization mid year. Frank Miranda. Hey Mac, it's your boy Frank from Patreon. Uh someone's someone's gonna come close to nailing their preseason over under. Uh this front office doubled and tripled down on mediocrity. RJ Randall and Mitch do not work. The best thing for this team is to bite the bullet and improve the draft position. That how crazy is it? Like is there a Nick fan alive right now who doesn't at least who isn't at least interested by the idea of, of trying to tank for a draft pick? Like I understand some people may be anti-tanking, and I understand there's a lot of people out there who just like, give me just an entertaining basketball product, which largely this year has not been. But I I, I, I wish they listened. I wish the front office listened. I wish the owner listened. But again, it's not a front office thing, it's an ownership thing. Owners sign up to tank front offices do not affirmatively tank on their own. Can this front office like convince Dolan? But, but if they do, I wonder how much of their decision-making process in terms of their, them not trying to convince Dolan to tank is wrapped up in the fact that they probably know that if they go to Dolan and be like, Hey, here's a good plan. Let's lose a bunch they probably know at that point that James Dolan is going to be like, well, wait a minute. You sold me on wins three years ago. I believed you. I gave you the resources. And now three years later, you're saying that all that was for naught and we should lose? Why the fuck? I could have hired one of my sons to run the team to do that. Why do I need you assholes around here for? They probably know that that's what the response would be. Again, it goes it goes to the top, you know? Um, thanks, Frank. Sean Ford. Uh, I feel like Tibbs will be fired tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest. Uh, change probably is needed, but not really his fault. I agree with that. I th- I, can I just re- rephrase that again? I, I, I have not been able to properly express my thoughts regarding Tom Thibodeau through an hour and eight minutes of talking, so I'm just going to read Sean again because I think he nails it. I feel like Tibbs will be fired tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest. This is the part that's key. A change is probably needed, but it is not fully his fault. Those seven, eight words. Change is probably needed, not fully his fault. Could not agree more. Spotlight needs to be on Rose and company now. Thanks, Sean, for doing what I've been unable unable to do in almost 70 minutes of talking. Blue Diamond Gem, OKC, Jalen Smith, got rookie of the month, our old pick. I know, I brought it up before, man. He's good. Two-way wing, big wing. Big wing. Ball handling wing. Like backup. Like secondary creator. Secondary initiator. Like he could run backup units level wing at that size. Shot maker wing. Like he displayed the shot making in college. What? Like and you didn't and, and you it's not that I'm fundamentally against the idea of like swapping out to get all those protected first round picks. It's that you misevalu again, if as a front office, you have gone all in on this trade for a star thing, and you misevaluated the market so badly that those protected picks ended up being worth cocking balls when it came time to negotiate for Donovan Mitchell. And there was a real player on the board that you could have had and you bypassed it. Oh, by the way, the reason you bypassed him also was because you had a bunch of talent already on the roster, and you're like, "Well, we were not going to draft him anyway because there's no room for him because we have Evan Fournier here and we have all of you know these other guys here that we just need to get rid of. We have Alec Burks here we're trying to get rid of. Like all of this, all of this is process shit. Um, it's so frustrating to say nothing. Like, even like you got the picks. Utah was like, "Yeah, we don't want any of those. We we want." We want your good picks. We want your picks. We want your protected picks. At that point, why not pivot and say, all right, well, we have these protected picks. We, we trust our ability to draft well. Let's keep the protected picks. Keep drafting with the protected picks, and we'll send the extra first round pick to, to Utah to get Donovan Mitchell. I, I mean, in retrospect, I'm, I'm probably happy they didn't because, I, I, well... I was going to say because maybe it would give this front office a longer shelf life, but I kind of I kind of think they're going to have that shelf life anyway, hopefully not to our detriment. Uh, all right. Thanks, Blue Diamond Jim. Frank Miranda with one more. Hey, Mac, it's your boy Frank from Patreon. <laughs> my 36-win pre- preseason prediction may have been too generous. You might have been. How's my boy Andrew doing with the 45-win prediction? No, I don't think he's doing too hot right now, Frank. Andrew's still my boy, though. Yeah, man, I, I was on with uh shout out to Dexter Henry of uh, SNY and New York Post does the weekend spots. I went on his podcast, the NBA Exchange. Yesterday. And his final question to me, he's like, are the Knicks a mediocre team? And it was supposed to be like, are they mediocre or are they actually better than mediocre? And we don't realize it. And I was like, well, actually, well, actually, Dex, I think they're probably slightly worse than mediocre. And uh, I don't feel very bad about that that statement now. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Frank. Joseph Brennan. What's going on, Joseph? The front office has actually done well acquiring assets, but has been dreadful in free agency and trade market. The most important step from here is hiring a competent front office before the assets we have now are squandered. I, I Again, I, I do have to push back on that a little bit. A little bit. Not... Quickly over Bane because you just get if you get a player at 25, you're doing great, right? But like, and I, I this is gonna sound like I'm killing OB. You needed a point guard. You had a point guard who clearly smart teams around the league were very interested in in Tyrese Halliburton. He was right there for you. You didn't take him. And on top of not taking him, you didn't trade down. And like, is it too much to say like, well, they could have traded down to a spot where they could have gotten Tyrese Maxey at 18? Like, yeah, maybe that's too far. Maybe that's a a bridge too far to cross saying like, well, the trade was open to them. And like, you know, was it fair and reasonable for them to have expected like Tyrese Maxey would turn into what he turned into? But here's the thing, right? They they wanted Maxey. They wanted a Kentucky guy. That's why they traded up. From uh, what were they at? Uh, they traded up to 23. And then they eventually traded back down once Maxie went off the board because they knew they could get quickly later. Um, or maybe it was they traded up to, tw- I forget where they traded up to, but like Maxie was always on their board. So like they didn't come out of that draft with Halliburton. They didn't come out of that draft with Maxie. Um, they didn't come out of this draft with Jalen Williams, but that's probably more a front office thing. So it's like, I don't know. What do I grade them on drafting wise? Am I gonna give them a, a, I'm not giving them an A or an A minus. Am I giving them a B plus? I guess maybe. I think they've just drafted like a nice, solid, competent team. I don't think they deserve any flowers for their draft picks. You know, but that's me. That's me. Maybe that's unfair. Joseph Brennan. Thank you. Um C.T. Pittman, what's going on, C.T.? Is there any validity to the CAA article that came out this week with the locker room issues, and it's playing out on the court as we speak? Keep killing it, KFS. Start all my mornings with KFS pod. Thank you, man. You've been here from the beginning. Um, I mean, I'm not going to comment on something that was not my reporting. Um, I think the notion, like, anytime you see CAA come up, I like all of these. You know, they're they're in bed with that agency. I mean, they've always been in bed with that agency. I I, I think the locker room issues probably run a little bit deeper than that, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to comment on it because it's not my reporting. But like, there are there issues in the locker room. Yeah, pretty clearly there are issues in the locker room. This is not a all for one, one for all situation right now. You don't get to twenty sixth in defense playing. Where everybody's got everybody else's back, you just don't. Thanks, CT. Appreciate it. Um, busy with one more. Thank you, man. Really, really generous today. Are you telling me a new coach is going to come in here and play these players the exact same way? Rose is a rare appearance. Said Tibbs has full control over who plays these games, are 100% on Tibbs. I again, I can't with the 100%. I can't, I can't do it. So let's take Rose out of the equation. Fine. Um, let's be less married to playing 48 minutes worth of, well, 45 minutes worth of center because he's playing, he's playing Obi and Randall a few minutes a game. Um, how's much Robinson going to feel about that? A guy who already has some motivation issues, I would argue showing up and playing his hardest every day. Now you're going to curtail his minutes because you want to go small more. How's that going to work out? So fine. We get rid of Rose's minutes. That opens up another 13, 14, 15 minutes a game. Okay. Um, you get more quickly time, you get more cam time. Maybe you get a little bit more Obi time, a little bit, I guess, although he's a he's a big, so I don't know how that helps you there. Um really you're talking about the scheme. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and be like, the scheme isn't can't improve, the scheme can improve whether it's a switch everything scheme, whether it's like a hybrid scheme, whether they're not playing like Julius Randle in this ridiculous drop coverage where he offers no help whatsoever. Um, All of those things, all of those things can work if you get the effort and if you get the execution and to to change up your scheme 23 games into a season without the benefit of a training camp. I'm not sure how that's going to make them better. Right away. I mean, you know, if you want to put the full responsibility for how they play in games like this on Tibbs, like I'd be more willing to hear that argument. I'm less willing to hear the argument that like firing him is going to is going to fix all the problems. But I, I know to a lot of his critics, that doesn't matter. It's like he's enough of a detriment that there's no reason to keep him, which that's fine. If that's your opinion, that's fine. Thanks, Busy.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. That's WYNNBet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple.
2: Uh Busy with one more. This front office went out and got Cam and Tibb sat him on the bench for half the season. I mean, but, you know, again, what's done is done. That was last year. And he told them that cam was not going to walk right into the rotation because he didn't know how they played. He wasn't able to execute a scheme that the guys had practiced since training camp. Like that was always going to be the case until he got his little bit more experience. And then once he got some practices under him, once he got, you know, more used to what they tried to do, Tibbs played him, whatever he played him, 15, 20 minutes a game. And then he got hurt. Like, Going, I, we don't need to go back to Tibbs' usage of Cam Reddish last season for reasons why Tibbs doesn't need to be the coach anymore. There are more than enough reasons in the here and now. But I, I, I this is where the this is where the Tibbs conversation gets like a little bit tough for me because I, I do think, you know, there's a there's a a bit of a lack of acknowledgement over like the reality of the situation that he has had to deal with. But that's me. You know, I might be in the minority still at this point. I usually am when it comes to tips. Thanks, busy. Um, Forgotten NYC with one more mentally preparing for Mitchell to drop 40 tomorrow. Oh, I'd be surprised if he didn't drop 40. (laughs) I'm expecting it. Hands down. I'd be shocked if he didn't drop 40, actually, because he's good enough because he's a star player. I'm not even sure if I'm going to be like mad if he does. Cause it's like, you know, I don't know. A game like this, man, makes it really tough to, to, to keep waving the pom-poms and be like, yeah, let's go for that ninth seed. Makes it really fucking hard. Uh, Thanks forgotten. Busy with another one. Busy's active today, man. I don't want to hear he can't hold any players accountable. That's a bailout. Um, no, he could hold it. Listen, that's, that's, he has to hold them accountable. It's on him. If he can't hold players accountable, nobody can hold players accountable. That's not on anybody else. That's on him. I'm, what I'm trying to point out though, is it's like he's in a situation where it is, it is difficult. I think because the front office is not all in on these guys. They, they are trying to maintain, maintain these players as figureheads of the organization, as draft assets, or uh, sorry, as trade assets. So it's like, you know, but yeah, I mean, sure. But if you want to put all the accountability stuff on Tibbs, that's fine. Um, Thanks busy. Haitian Ferg with one more. Um, to be clear, the clock starts now on Rose and worldwide West, no real direction, no identity, no culture. Tibbs is the front office as well. They're all responsible. I don't believe there was a plan beyond getting Mitchell. I agree with you. And the reason I agree with you is because I don't think for a second, they ever thought they weren't going to end up with Mitchell. The first time, like when they met around and they like came out of that weekend and they were like, all right, we're going to push back on this. We're not going to give up this pick without these protections. And if they don't like it, they could go screw themselves. We're going to extend RJ, and that is that. Because we don't want to leave our player hanging out there. or We want to put some pressure on them, the whole thing. I don't think for a second, for a second, they ever sat around the table and were like, well, what happens if we pull it back and then it gets traded somewhere else? What do we do then? I don't think that was ever uttered. Because I don't think they believed for a second that there was ever a trade out there that was going to be on par with theirs. And guess what? They were wrong. Thanks Asian. Um, Chris Carter. I know the front office hasn't been perfect, but can you give me a more successful Knicks front office in terms of talent accumulation, development wins in recent history? Well, the wins is a lot of tips. They hired a coach who's known as who was known at the time as the most win now coach in the league, arguably. So, and like development, like where, where do you put the development? Like the front office isn't the isn't the one developing the players. Like the coaching staff is the one developing the players. Yeah, the, the front office picks the players, and like the the players are ultimately responsible for their own development. But like so, but more to the point, like how freaking low of a bar is that? Like seriously, I I, I think. The best thing, the best compliment I could give this front office is not something that they've earned. The best compliment I give the front office is that they walked in the door with James Dolan's total and complete trust. And they did not fall flat on their faces. Like, even as much as we're criticizing them today, like they have been able to put one foot in front of the other. And they have Dolan's trust. Well, now they don't have Dolan's trust as much anymore, and it appears that like they're kind of starting to trip over their own two feet. But like, it, like we, we shouldn't we have higher standards? Like, maybe it's not fair to have higher standards because it's this owner, and there's no reputable executive that's going to come in with a with a real track record, or like a guy that's going to like actually be a guy that might get hired for a top executive job around the league. Like, I think it's fair to say like none of those people are taking this job. Um, So, maybe we should have the world's lowest bar when we're evaluating our front offices because of the talent pool of executives that they're realistically probably picking from under this owner. But, I don't know. I think it's fair to expect more. That's just me, though. Thanks, Chris. Kevin Danishevsky with another one. It's so frustrating because unlike previous administrations, there are clear strengths here. There are 100 percent. Drafting Quentin Grimes, signing Brunson were freaking heists. So many missteps, though. Yeah. A lot of, and every franchise makes missteps. Every franchise screws up. Every franchise screws up. Um, name me the best organization in the, in the league. Miami, Pat Riley—he wasted all that money in the in the summer of whatever it was, 2016 or 2017. Um, You know, Denver traded the Donovan Mitchell pick. You know they're incredibly well run. Um, Golden State, how's the James Wiseman pick looking right now? You know, Uh, every every organization screws up, and they make big screw ups, but that's going to happen it's like how do you handle those screw ups and like this front office they're they they screwed up the the Mitchell thing this summer regardless of what you think about whether it was right to trade for Mitchell but like they're not they're not coming out of that screw up unscathed thanks kevin appreciate it man um hayden freed thankful for kfs uh thank you um, over under games coached by Johnny Bryant this year. Hmm, that's a good one. Over under on games coached by Johnny Bryant this year. So basically, you're asking me to does Tibbs does he last the Atlanta game? Um, I think they lose to Atlanta to Cleveland.
3: They have two days off after Cleveland.
2: And then it's Atlanta, and then they're they got some winnable games, you know. It hmm. so the front office's best chance to to keep their jobs is if Johnny Bryant gets off to a good start and gets the thing rolling back again. And so after Atlanta, they go on the road to Charlotte, who's one of the worst teams in the league. Then they get home, Sacramento. Sacramento, you could score on Sacramento, but they're they obvious they score a lot of points. Then they got back-to-back in Chicago and then in Indiana. And then things get tough again. Like, I will say Johnny Bryant coaches
3: 58 games. I think Tibbs gets fired after tomorrow.
2: can't believe i'm saying that gavin gavin biddell what's going on gavin first time long time just saying thanks for doing these post-game therapy sessions uh it's my pleasure man thank you for very generous contribution thank you for being a part of it thank you for tuning in um much needed after games like today i don't know i don't know what relief i'm providing (laughs) all i'm thinking about right now is like i'm sitting there tomorrow after, the, after tomorrow's live stream and then the live stream ends and it's like 10 o'clock and I'm sitting down attempting to write about this weekend and I get the tweet, the Woj tweet. <laughs> New York Knicks have parted ways with with head coach Tom Thibodeau. He will, he will remain in the organization in a, in a front office capacity though. And then I have to try to process that. For Monday's newsletter, that's all I'm thinking about right now. Thanks, Gavin. I appreciate it, man. Um, Matt Smith with another one. Uh, how do you think Jalen Brunson would feel about a tank? I, I think you know. Look, that's fair. Jalen Brunson got a hundred million dollars. Jalen Brunson's last organization didn't want to give him fifty-five million dollars. This team gave him almost twice that much. Um, I think Jalen Brunson. Let me finish reading the comment. Unless we simply bench guys by moving guys like Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, it would be tough to compete until 2024, 2024, or 2025. I think Jalen Brunson is the thing that's going to prevent you from tanking. I think he's that good. Um, I think Jalen Brunson would probably like to make a legitimate all-star case this year. That's fine. Let him. He deserves it. I do not believe it is right you can you can take that away from a from a player, give him his fifty games or whatever it is, forty some odd games. And then at that point the writing will be on the wall. Because if you're twenty six and twenty four or twenty four and twenty six or something like that, you're probably too good to for for a tank to really matter. So like you might as well just go for the play in at that point anyway. If you're 20 and 30 or if you're 18 and you know 32 or something, at that point I think you can you can go to Brunson and be like, hey, listen, you know, let's let's see what we could do here. Um I don't know how easy that'll be. The more the more interesting question I have where Jalen Brunson's concerned is if Tibbs loses his job does, does Rick Brunson keep his job? And if Rick Brunson eventually gets fired, how does Jalen Brunson fail by that? That's interesting to me. <laughs> maybe, they, <laughs> maybe they make Rick Brunson the head coach. How about that? How do you like them apples? <laughs> um, Thanks, Matt. Uh, uh, Hushu with one more. Dolan allowed the Rangers to tank. No. um, I honestly don't know. If you say so, then I guess. But yeah, maybe there's, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope. We'll see. Pluxter with another one. Man, you guys are awesome today. Seriously. Uh, I, after this shit game, the fact that people are feeling as generous as they are. Um, shout out to KFS and the Knicks fans for bringing insane passion uh, or inane passion. I don't know if that's supposed to be inane passion or insane passion. Either one makes sense <laughs> to a franchise that does very little to deserve it. Frank coming in as a garbage time scrub in an MSG blowout is some painful symbolism. Frank coming in as a garbage time scrub with Donovan Mitchell coming in tomorrow. There's some symbolism there, man.
3: There's some symbolism there.
2: Between that and the, and the Timmy and D- Luca outscoring them in the third quarter. Whew. Okay. Um, thanks. Pluckster. Kenneth, what's going on? It's Kenneth Antigua. What's good, John team played like caca today. I agree. Good word. Need an OC on the bench. Pronto. Read react offense needs high IQ players. JB is the only one. I I can't, I can't get on the offense. Like I know they didn't like they don't have enough three point shooters. They don't have enough. Like again, for this team to be whatever they are after this game, 12th, even for them to be a top half of the league offense, making fewer threes essentially than anybody in basketball. That's a, that is a, that is a, structural flaw in the roster. I don't I don't know how much an offensive coordinator is going to be able to help that, but you know, I don't think I think you're getting a new coach, so before long. Thanks, Kenneth. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Chris Carter with another one. They don't deserve any flowers for their draft picks. When's the last time this franchise drafted quality players at 25, 25, and 58? 100 percent They've done a wonderful job drafting Quickly, Grimes, and Jericho Sims. I forgot about Jericho Sims. Those are quality players. Jericho Sims is a rotation backup big man. Good job by them. Emmanuel Quickly seems like, at worst, a seventh man on a good team. At best, maybe there's still some upside where, that, where he's either a big-time sixth man on a winner or maybe even a starter. Quinn Grimes, wonderful, wonderful. Fourth, fifth starter, you know, on a good team, I think. At worst, he's a sixth man, seventh man. Those are all important. All of them are important, 100%. You have to hit the premium picks. You have to hit the premium picks. And again, Halliburton was there, and it it was a position of need. Maxie was there for you. If you wanted to trade down this year, you know, like you traded away that pick. Like we, we don't even know what some of these guys are going to become yet, right right now it's Jalen Williams. Maybe it's someone else like lottery picks. You, you, it's really tough to not, I mean, I'm not saying you have to nail the lottery pick every time, but I, I can't. Okay. What do you want me to give him an A minus a B plus? All right. Fine. I can't, I can't sit here and give them all the flowers in the world for their drafting. It's like when you're comparing them to Nick's regimes of or regimes of Nick's past, that's fine. But I don't know. Um, thanks, Chris. CT Pim, one more. Speaking of development, has this coaching staff really been that good? Seems, see, talk about a different viewpoint here. Seems like players from, from our drafts are leaps and bounds better now. Um, Oh, seems like players from our players drafts are leaps and bounds better now. I think Obi's gotten a lot better into the last handful of games. I think Quickly's gotten a lot better, even though his shot has kind of eluded him. Um, I think Grimes is markedly better um, than he was during his rookie year. Um, I think those are your developmental success stories. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, what do they get for development? A B. If that, I don't know. I, But whatever credit you're going to give the team for development, I think the coaching staff should probably get at least as much credit as the front office. Uh, thanks, CT. Appreciate that one. Uh, next up, Chris Carter with one more. You can't give the front office responsibility for Tibbs and the ramifications of that, but not player development, staff, scouts, analytics, cap guys, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, like the front office has to own all of it. They get the praise for all of it, and they get to own all of it. I, I get. Um, it's like one, like especially with how wrapped up they are with Tibbs. Tibbs in the, you know, he's part of the decision making apparatus. Decision making apparatus there. I just like I don't know how much credit I'm supposed to give them for any of it. That's the part that's more confusing to me. Um. I'm not sitting here and being like the front office is awesome for these things and they're terrible for these other things. I think they've like been like middling at a lot of the stuff. I think they've been really bad at some stuff though. Um, You know, but yeah, I mean, look, if you want to put more of the blame on Tibbs, it's fine. Today is not the day to defend Tom Thibodeau. Jesus Christ. No, can't do it. Don't even want to. I don't even want to want to. Matt Smith with one more. Last one. Even if we didn't get Victor, there are multiple rookies that would be able to sell tickets next year, not to mention we could probably move up packaging the Dallas pick with ours. I don't I don't know that you're moving up to get to one of these special kids, but to your point there are so I'll I'll go on Tankathon real quick. So Wembyana is obviously the prize, but Scoot Henderson seems to be every bit as much of the prize. Um, Amen. Thompson seems to be quite a prize. Nick Smith jr. I know. I don't even think he's played yet. And for Arkansas, he seems to be a prize. And then you got a couple of these other guys, Cam Whitmore, Keonti George, um, Brandon Miller out of Alabama is a, a player. That's having an outstanding year. Who's probably helped his stock the most so far. So, like, in terms of odds for a top four pick, if you're 10th in the lottery, right, your odds for a top four pick, and shout out to, to uh, XJ. He was talking about this on our most recent pod. If you're the 10th spot in the lottery, you have, with no ties, you have, like, a, think like a 14% chance of moving into the top four. If you are 5th in the lottery, so five spots higher, you have a 42% chance. Your, your chances of a top four pick triple. That's a lot. Uh, are the Knicks capable of getting to fifth? I don't think they are. I think the best they could probably do is sixth or seventh. But even if you're sixth and seventh, sixth or seventh, you have, depending on if there's a tie or not, like, right now, there are two teams tied for sixth and seventh. Those teams both have a 35% chance of moving up to the top four. That's better than a one-in-three shot. A one-in-three shot is better than a, like, one-in-nine shot. You know? I I don't know. I think it's a worthy discussion, at the very least. Thanks, Matt. Uh, But again, I don't think they're going to tank. 007 Angelo, Tibbs screaming on the side, wears thin very fast. Yeah, he probably has a shelf life with these teams. You know, and I I wonder how much Jimmy Butler emerging as a star elongated his shelf life in Chicago. You know, I wonder. But, you know, typically speaking, coaches like him, like, they don't last that long. And it feels like his time is almost up. But we'll see. Feels like he's coaching tomorrow, though. But we'll see about beyond that. Thanks, 007. Oh, Kenneth Antigua, one more. Dolan could never get Messiah to in New York, so maybe poach his number two, Bobby Webster. That'd be the first. I mean, if you can't get him aside, Bobby Webster, or like one of these other like big established big-time guys, Bobby Webster would be number one on my list. Hands down. And make him the president of basketball operations. Hashtag clean house all for it all right and with that we have talked I have talked for about a hundred minutes about this that's that is that is more time than the Knicks played basketball that was real basketball today they played about they played 24 minutes of semi-real basketball what a disaster um. thanks everybody for tuning in uh, let's do one more reminder from our good friends at I'm waiting for the thing to pop up uh, at oh no we got one more sorry then we'll do then we'll do a reminder this is our final one Requiem Gaming Tim should have gotten an immediate second tech in the second then he couldn't be blamed for the third quarter collapse hashtag I'm losing my mind would have done himself a favor might as well. might have kept his job longer because of it Um. but alas here we are uh, listen. I people are gonna get their wish. It's a matter of whether whether it makes a difference or not. Um. Oh wait. Here we go. We got this. Is we got one last one coming up. Courtesy of Andrew Claudio. I for one have not enjoyed these last twenty four hours of New York losing to Texas. Hashtag depressed. Shout out to all the Mets fans, man. What's being What's worse right now, being a Mets fan or a Knicks fan? Knicks fan. Because the Mets still have like an owner willing to spend a bazillion dollars, even if he didn't spend a bazillion dollars to keep this particular player, which I know hurts very much. But all right. Thanks, Andrew. Feel better. Um, Hope you're feeling okay at least. And uh, everybody out there. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Download the WinBet app. That's right. I'm going to remind us about WinBet, or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet hundred dollars, win hundred dollars, download bet win. Hey, listen, if the Knicks are about to go into some dark, dark places this season, one way to keep your entertainment value high is to start betting the games. You might as well bet at winbet.com. Get your, get your free, free deposit when you, when you bet hundred dollars. All right. On that note, we are done. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and of course follow Nick's Film School on social at Nick Film School. That's S K O O L. Um, thank you, Justin, for some excellent production today. I believe this was all done from a remote location that I will I won't say where, but he did yeoman's work by producing this episode. Uh, thanks, to everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for contributing. You guys were awesome today. I cannot thank you enough for the generosity, and uh, I will see you. After the game tomorrow. Peace out.
3: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.